Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. Hi there, welcome back to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. I hope you, uh, you really enjoy this episode. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for your loyalty and for, for coming back. So my guest this week is Dominique Drayson. Dominique's a really good friend of mine. We've been friends since school days. And this year, she did an incredible thing. She joined a very elite group of runners who've completed a marathon. She ran the Bournemouth Marathon in October of this year. But it's a really interesting backstory into what got her into running in the first place and what led up to the marathon and how it's had an impact, not just on her physical fitness, but her mental health as well. And what that's really done for how she manages stress and anxiety. And she has a family with two children. She also, her and her husband run their own business. So life is very busy, as I'm sure many of yours is. So I think if you've got kids, um, particularly if you're a woman and you want to find out how you can better manage your mental health uh, through the use of things like um, improving your sleep, cutting down on alcohol, mindfulness, meditation, even things like silent retreats. We talk about it all and what's worked for Dom. So it's a really great show. Um, leave us your feedback. And if you've got questions for Dom or I, you can just uh, send an email through to info at bodyshopperformance.com and we'll pick that up and get it answered. So here is Dominique Drayson. Enjoy the show. Dom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Now, um, I will have explained to people in the introduction that we're old friends, so we will, there'll be a familiarity about this. But why, why I wanted to get you on was you've obviously joined a really exclusive club this year of marathon runners. Yes. Uh, but that's not what, that wasn't your intention, was it, when you started running? Um, no, no. Tell us the story. Pick up at the beginning, that first kind of proper run in the last 12 or 18 months. And it's just explain what made you want to do that and how you were feeling at the time. Okay, so I've I've always run, um, but it's always been sort of 10Ks maximum. Um, I've always enjoyed running, probably, I'd say, on and off for the last 10 years. But more seriously, in the last five years, I started to do 10Ks and actually do organised races. Um, a year ago, um, I did the Bournemouth Half Marathon, which was a massive achievement for me. Um, as prior to that, 10K was my maximum, and I think it was that sort of psychological shift then of of actually no I can achieve more than this so um trained for the half marathon felt very proud of doing that I'd always I think all my life thought I would love to do a marathon but I really didn't think I had it in me mm. uh, which I think is true of a lot of people in fact even now most people will say how you know can you do that I could never do that um and <laughs> I, I had felt that much, even after the half marathon, I didn't think I was capable of, of a full marathon, but with a little bit of arm twisting from yourself. <laughs> just a little, yeah. Just a little. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I went ahead and went for it. Yeah. And just explain to, to, to anyone who's listening in what your personal circumstances are, because it's not just you, is it? You've got other responsibilities. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I help to run a business with my husband and I also have two children, um, age six and nine. So life's very busy, very hectic. Mm. Uh, and trying to find time is sometimes difficult. Um, but I probably in the last, I would say, year or so, I prioritised um, exercise um, and made that. It's a non-negotiable. I think, as you said before, it's something mm. I, I have to do now. Yeah. And, and why was that? What was the why behind behind that, making it non-negotiable? Because that's that's a powerful thing to do, but it's not an easy thing to do. 
No, no, it's not. I think, and often as as mothers as well, um, th that are also working, we don't put ourselves first. Um, and that's not a natural thing to do. Every, everyone else seems to come first. We're sort of providing and caring and worrying about everybody else. Um, and then actually realising maybe somewhere along the line that my needs weren't being met um, and therefore starting to perhaps feel anxious or depressed or unfulfilled um, and realising that I needed to do something for me to improve that and, and for me exercise has been that magic wand if you like that's, that's enabled me to um, just become more whole, more relaxed and a happier person. Mm. So take us back then to, to your kind of lowest point in terms of the things you've mentioned, anxiety, depression. How were you feeling or what was going on for you at the time? Um, well, I have suffered from anxiety and panic attacks um, over the years, probably from my early 20s and sort of battled with it um, and can recognise, you know, that those, those triggers now. But yeah, I would say it would feel like the whole world was coming in on you, that you couldn't cope, um, tense all the time, maybe overthinking um worrying about very small things overreacting um and then you know the worst case scenario is the full-blown panic attacks that maybe at my worst times i might feel while whilst driving or perhaps when i'm tired or it could be as a result of drinking the night before or whatever it might be mm. and what what are some of the triggers if you can share that um i think probably in life taking on too much uh, not saying no and then becoming overwhelmed it may be you know certain personal problems that you're you know that you that you encounter um worry worry about family members that mm. that sort of thing um and, and i think maybe just that overwhelming i can't do it all feeling when you are trying to juggle everything um yeah. And, and, and you just think I can't I can't really do everything well I'm trying to do everything and I can't do any of those bits well when you when you're in that sort of state mm. no not when you've reached critical mass when you just, there's just too many plates spinning for you to to possibly keep them all going that yeah so common as well I see that with a lot of people I know and a lot of people that we work with they've got so many plates spinning um, taking on huge responsibilities whether it's convergent pressures of work and home and family and friends and ob other obligations then there's what's in yourself i should be able yeah. to do this i should be doing yes. that they can do it why can't i yeah. um and that there yeah, and, and it builds so how were you dealing with it at the time or how were you just keeping your head above water because you you did do that didn't you you weren't you didn't have any yeah. sort of, of collapse no i think um various methods that that, that i've learned um um, do you mean just coping while I was feeling depressed? Yeah. Or? yeah. What what were your what were the things you reached for? Whether they were uh, you'd recommend them or not? How were you managing? Okay. Um, mindfulness for sure. Um, I, I sort of started to read a little bit about mindfulness, and that really helped me. At, you know, at a, at a very low point, I think um, the idea of stopping and just being, even when you're feeling highly anxious, to just stop and actually recognise those feelings yeah. um, and and accept them and, and forgive yourself or whatever it might be for feeling those feelings and stopping in the moment at that time. Mm. You know, deep breathing, um, meditation, um, which I would highly recommend, all of those things. And for me, realising that fresh air and exercise was something I had to build into my lifestyle. Yeah. Um, cutting down on alcohol has hu hugely helped me um, in my mental health and my physical health. 
um, and trying to get enough sleep. So yeah, some I can look back now and think, you know, that some of those things I was doing. I think now I've got the bigger picture, but I think I was reaching out and also, you know, and also counselling at the time as well and CBT. Mm. Um, lot to be said for that. Yeah. What did that do for you? Um, it helped me to understand what was happening in my brain, I think. So when you almost, it's like a puzzle and then you can get all the bits and go, ah, I'm feeling this because of this. And therefore that's making me feel this way. Um, and then understanding how you could perhaps react differently because it's all about how you react. Obviously everybody um, has issues and problems in their life, but it's understanding that it's only down to how you react to that situation that will make you feel a certain way. Mm. So that's quite powerful for me. Mm. And I think, I'm sure most people listening have had some experience of, of counselling or CBT or therapy in some form, even if it's a cup of tea with a friend or <clears throat> you know, something rather than something more formal. But I think it helps to get a, th a third person or another person who's objective and that you can be open with if you found the right person but yes. they don't know your personal situation in terms of they don't come around for dinner and they don't know your family members and they're not part of your you're in a circle or even your outer circle of friends just to take yep. that objective um vantage point mm -hmm. uh, and obviously with their professional training as well i think it's, it's hugely beneficial um let's go yeah. on to some of the I mean, other my... things sorry go on yeah mine was in a group setting which again was was really helpful because you're with other people that you don't know but you realize that there are lots of other people feeling exactly the same way as you mm. um, and that in itself helps i think yeah because that's the funny thing with anxiety and depression and even chronic stress is that you tend to, it's this irony you tend to think you're the only one going through it and it's incredibly mm. sadly incredibly common yes um but it's an isolating condition as well, isn't it? It's a, a conundrum right. of it. Okay, let's come on to some of the other things you said were helpful for you. Um, sleep. What did you change mm. about sleep? Um, I think trying to make sure that I'd go to bed at a reasonable hour or, or you know, try to put some sort of routine in place. Um, I've never found getting to sleep that difficult, but I think during the periods where I was feeling anxious and, and low, I think it was harder and harder. I swear by lavender oil, and I still use that with the children now on the pillow. Yeah, um, so do I. A few, a few little drops uh, of essential organic lavender oil on the pillow at night. Yeah, amazing. And um, I'm just trying to think now. Yeah, I think routine is very important, and and you know, there was a tendency to sometimes stay up late, you know, watch TV and not, and not again, think about yourself and think about the importance of, of feeling well rested. And also, again, I'll go back to drinking, you know, probably there have been times when you, you know, you drink because you're low. Um, so you might have a few drinks in the evening and think, well, this will send me off to sleep. Well, actually, you know, that isn't, you know, you realize you wake up the next day and don't feel rested. And that wasn't the best thing to do. Um, so mm. just try to, that, that quality sleep, which I realise now is is so much better if you don't, you know, have have any alcohol the night before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's been lots of studies done on this and a small amount of alcohol can induce deep sleep quicker, but it then increases mm. the number of sleep intrusions throughout the night. Right. So you may fall asleep a little quicker. And I'm sure there's yeah. some psychological stuff as well around, oh, I've had a couple of drinks, I'm relaxed, I'm calm, mm. I'll be able to sleep better. But it's proven that after a very short amount of deep sleep, you'll wake up more times in the night. Plus, then, you know, from a physical perspective, your bladder's full. 
So you're going to need, yeah. need to get up and, and empty that at some point as well. So it definitely does nothing for sleep. That's a uh, well-populated myth, which I think some people yeah. are, are, are awake to now. But Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and what else about sleep? Do you, so you've got the lavender oil, just the going to bed early, um, not necessarily watching television before night, um, being aware of, of keeping off alcohol. Is there anything else you do for your sleep routine? Um, <laughs> I'm trying at the moment to not look at my smartphone before bed, but not, yeah, sometimes I do like some work in progress. <laughs> it is a work in progress. <laughs> Even the small things like I've started to charge my phone downstairs rather than in the bedroom yeah, at night. Brilliant. Yeah. And just noticing that difference. And you almost feel a bit freer when you wake up and there isn't a phone next to you, yep. weirdly. Yeah. Um, so we've started putting ours on flight mode at about nine o'clock. So, um, you know, unless there's something in your, your personal situation that means you need to be near a phone, really most of us don't, unless you've got, I don't know, a sick relative perhaps and you might get a phone call. Uh, so it goes on flight mode at nine o'clock. It does come into the bedroom, gets charged on the other side of the bedroom. There's no chance yeah. of anything dinging, pinging or whirring or binging because it's on flight mode. Um, yeah. The thing I'm working on next is not reaching for it first thing, partly because I want to know what the time is, but there are many other ways of doing that. Uh, yeah. Phone or clock by the bed, for example. But then yeah. I do tend to flick it off flight mode and wait for the dopamine to kick in as messages come up. Ping, ping, yeah. ping. So yeah. it's again, it's a work in progress with me, but just getting it on flight mode because that also means the phone isn't constantly looking for a Wi-Fi signal and it's not constantly looking yeah. for a Bluetooth signal. So I haven't mm -hmm. got these electri electrical magnetical forces rushing around the room. It's, it's not yeah. seeking a signal all the time. So that, that's been really good for me as well. I and mean, these are all small things, little marginal gains you can make to try and get a better night's sleep when you wrap it all together yes yeah so I mean, sleep's so important for mental health as well and and obviously for the physical aspect of your training and and just about everything yeah, definitely um, and meditation what's your your routine around that are you still doing that every day uh no and i again probably more of a work in progress i go through phases i have used headspace before yeah, i also yeah, I have a good friend who's a Buddhist and she offers um, silent retreats every now and again where I go to her house and we sit for three and a half hours in silence, oh, which really? is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, so they're sort of timed periods and then she would maybe do a reading in between. So it's not solid three and a half hours. Mm. And then you'll get up and we'll have a walking meditation garden you know whilst um yeah silence the whole time and it, that is incredible um so yeah i do try i do try to bring five minutes in when i can um whether it might be in the bath first thing in the morning is brilliant i think if, whenever i do meditate for five or ten minutes in the morning mm. i always that awful manic school run to be so much easier to to handle yeah that's um, a really good point actually I think a yeah. lot of people who listen to this will, will have school run featuring in their calendar at least part of the week, if not all week. And yeah, anything you can do to make that a bit more calming. Uh, so I was, I was on um, one of our mutual friends. I, I did the school run yesterday with her and it's cars yeah. everywhere. It's absolutely bonkers. Yeah, but it's not even the, just the build up to getting the children ready when you're busy. You need you need to go to work. They don't want to get up and it all just it tends to in my house anyway, to culminate in this stressful point. So mm. if there's anything you can do to calm yourself down so that you can handle the stresses around you better without reacting, then I think it's go for it. Whether yeah. it be exercise, meditation, deep breathing. Yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think whatever state that we're in as, as parents, it will permeate down to the children. They'll, Definitely. And, and anyone else, really, you come into contact with. Definitely. Um, yeah, no, that's brilliant. I, mean, I do 10 minutes every, usually every morning, but certainly 10 minutes a day. I use the Headspace app, which I'll link to in the show notes for anyone listening in. Um, and I, it's definitely made me calmer, much calmer, uh, a little bit more able to deal with the, the rigours of running a business and the, the rigours of just moving around a busy city, um, the demands for my physical training as well. I, I'm really keen on it. And part of my routine now is after I've done a high intensity session, which I'll do two or three times a week, I'll come home, get on the foam roller. Um, again, I'll link to that. It's just a bit of kit to help you sort of massage yourself out after mm. a workout. And I'll also uh, put in uh, my, on my noise cancelling headphones on and do a 10 minute meditation afterwards with one of the packs they've got in Headspace that's specifically for exercise recovery. But any, oh, wow. any type of meditation. I mean, you can just sit there and breathe and it just helps to bring you from a sympathetic dominant state, which is your fight, flight, stress. Yeah. Although in this case, it's a good stressor because it's exercise into mm. a parasympathetic dominance, which I've talked lots about on this show, which is your kind of rest, digest, recovery mode. So I'm switching yeah. myself from alert, energised and um, activated, if you like, into more of a calm, restful, right, let's, let's start recovering, let's start getting the benefit of that exercise. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a big part of my routine. Mm. So let, let's come on then. I mean, you've mentioned loads of things there, which I think are going to be really helpful for people. How is exercise a therapy for you? How did that work for you when you, you started running presumably because you wanted to try and mitigate the feelings of anxiety and depression that you had. How, how did that work? How did that play out? For a number of reasons. With having young children, it's it's a sense of release. So there was partly that. It's it's me time. So there was a sense of getting out in the fresh air and, and being alone <laughs> yeah. and being away. Um, and then, and also realising how much it would help for, for my mental health. So... Um, the endorphin rush really and I'm you know I would still say I'm addicted to that now because it's that feeling overwhelming feeling of, of well-being that, that you get after running um you know doing a hit session whatever it might be um that that, that then lasts throughout the day normally yeah. so yeah yeah and how long did it take to to to, to start feeling better um control? I think probably around six months um using a combination of sort of cbt exercise some counseling um and then from then from that point really just incorporating exercise into my daily life um but yeah you're not going to feel better instantly but it's just literally take every day um and i think within yeah within sort of maybe three to six months i was starting to feel better with it, the, that, that combination yeah. of things and were you doing something every day uh no probably not probably two to three times a week i would say and again or not even that because it's it, it was really hard trying to find the time with with having you know very mm. small children um but then i think if you can explain to family members the importance i think that's really key actually the importance of putting yourself first and the fact you need that time and and explaining why you need that time and then everybody's on board and you can you can somehow make that time whether you enlist other family members to help with the children so that you can get out mm. um but you need to do that yeah so I, I guess that's a really big part of building a routine is getting other people on board particularly when you've got children yeah. how else did you make it a non-negotiable what were the things you told yourself um 
just simply this this has to happen um and you know a minimum of, of twice a week so it, it's really being strict with yourself and um if i can't do it this i'm when and i do it um so yeah it's it's putting it into your into your routine and actually then because obviously i do work i'm fortunate enough to be able to work part-time um because we run our own business but i have incorporated exercise into you know most of my day's routine um and then i feel that i perform better mm. for doing that so it makes sense for me yeah and 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 equally as a mother and, and a friend and everything else if i do put that time in to exercise i will be better in all of those areas yeah well that's exactly it um yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head there and what about for the other side of training but recovery how did you prioritize that so things like massage or understanding when was a good day to take it easy rather than a good day to push and just making sure that as well as, as stressing yourself in a positive way with exercise you're also giving yourself the bandwidth to recover and bounce back from that is this while training for the marathon particularly yeah or? yeah yeah um yeah i think that was that was quite a learning curve because obviously you had to be very disciplined and i was very disciplined with my training in terms of the miles that you needed to cover and obviously that increased over time but you came to realize that your very long run that you'd maybe do at the weekend you know you would need the rest of that day and the day after for sure to recover mm. um just feel that in in, in yourself um and then yeah and, and again i think I remember talking to you about even training for the half marathon, not stressing too much about it, putting in the hours you needed. But if you did miss a session for whatever reason, knowing that there'd be a way that it wasn't all lost, you know, yeah. that you could continue. I think the worst part sometimes is to stress too much before a, a race. And that is, you know, counterproductive and it's going to make you anxious and, um, yeah, not not to over not to overstress about it. Get get the miles in, but be also be kind to yourself and also understand that things crop up sometimes in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, this, a, a training program is it's never linear. It goes up and it goes down. You'll have an exceptionally good run, and the following week you won't want to lift your feet. Um, and there's lots of things. It's understanding all the inputs that that go into that. You know, how well recovered are you from the previous runs? Have you had good sleep? Are you stressed about anything? Are you hydrated? Mm -hmm. Have you eaten properly? It could just be your head's not in the right place for it. And I think it's having yeah. the confidence uh, and perhaps the, the guidance from, from somebody, even if it's just a friend who's done this before, to say, look, it, it will be up and down. Um, mm. Today is perhaps a better day to just go and do a yoga session, uh, meditate, breathe, go for a swim, or perhaps just go for a walk with a friend and pick it up yeah. the following day. It's having the confidence and the um, it's a tuning into your body and understanding what's going to be right for that particular session and sometimes you'll scrap a session and sometimes it'll, it'll go really well uh, particularly yeah. with marathon training because it's at least three months of training I don't know how long did you take to train up for it yeah it was about three months yeah. um and I followed a schedule and and, and that you know that worked for me so yeah. um I I know some people are, are less rigid with with that sort of thing, but for me, I really needed to follow a plan. <laughs> yeah, I think for the first one you do. I mean, I do, as you know, I've done well three marathons and quite a lot of long distance runs, and now my training is more about being very very consistent all year round and just throwing in a few longer runs prior to an event. Yeah. But I've I've done the distance now. I would never have done that for my first half, my first ten k, my first marathon. Um, but yeah, let's come to the marathon itself then. So. The training, I think, went fairly well, didn't it? It went without event. Yeah, absolutely. A good training run. 
So talk to us about, about the day itself. How did you feel the morning of the marathon? Yeah, I, I weirdly, I didn't feel very nervous. I, I felt ready, ready to do it. Um, I'd been that week before. I think is is really difficult because all you want to do is get on. You've done all the yeah. training. <laughs> quite a strange week because you are having to rest, and and that feels quite odd as well. Um, Did you have restless so, legs? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just just feeling. Yeah, come on, let's Twitching, just do this. Yeah. yeah. So I think the day arrived. It was a beautiful, you know sunny day and it was exciting I, and I was with my brother and let you know let's just do this we weren't concerned about time we had a rough idea of the time that we thought we'd finish but it wasn't a case of you know let's try and beat any you know we hadn't done it before so it was just let's let's try and do this <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah brilliant and and the run itself so um, it's a roller coaster I know having done a few of them um it, you look back at the start of the morning even though it's four or five hours earlier and it feels like weeks away from when you were first yeah. set off all excited. What was it like actually going through, you know, were you with your brother the whole time? Yeah, we stayed together, which I'm really happy about. Um, we, we knew we were sort of running at a similar pace and we trained together, but we weren't sure on the day how that would pan out. Um, but we were really happy to run together, which, which was great. Um, and yeah, that first half, I think was, you know, we were pretty elated really. It was that, you know, quite euphoric feeling. We were keeping a good pace and, you know, yeah, we can do this. This is this is all working out. Um, and, and yeah, it does change a little bit later on. <laughs> One of the hardest I've ever done in my life, for sure. Mm. But worth time? it. Um, it was four hours, 45 minutes. Brilliant. Yeah, And how much raised? Uh, we raised, oh gosh, in excess of a thousand pounds, probably 1,200 pounds, if not more, um, for our charity. Yeah. Brilliant. So, so let's bring it full circle. How do you, how do you feel about you know what what space are you in now with your mental health? I'm in a really good place now. Um, I following the marathon. Um, I haven't, to be honest, been running. I've, I'm actually exercising, but in a different way. I think it's almost like I need to have that break away from running mm. for a while. But I'm doing um, hit sessions two to three a week, and I've also been doing some yoga. Um, so I'm doing, I'm back to doing classes, but some, you know, sort of high intensity classes and working on my strength training as well. So I've been doing some body pump classes as well. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. So you're feeling I've joined, Go on. Yeah, I've joined a club, which I've been meaning to join for a long time. Um, which again, it's investing. It, it's, it's a club that I probably thought, oh, that's too expensive. But now realize that actually... I'm going to make the best of it and use it. And I take the children swimming as well. So we're doing something as a family, mm. you know, for our fit. And it's been well worth, well worth the investment. Um, and I feel great. Yeah. Yeah, good. So, so what is, what are your kind of non-negotiables now? Um, two to three times a week, um, I will exercise. I've been going in, I've been going early morning actually. So I've been getting there for 6.30, which is a big thing for me. Mm. Um, arriving home at 7, 7.15 and then feeling great because I can get the kids to school and get to work and do a full day. And, you know, I haven't impacted into the day at all and have my evening. So that is working really well for me. Um, yeah. But if I don't manage that, then I'll then I'll get out in the evening. Um, but I, I speak to my husband about it and he understands it's important. And we talk, you know, we talk both of us about the importance of, of exercise for us both. So I think we're at that point now where it's not feeling guilty, I think, for doing it. It's realising that actually you need to do it and 
you're a happier person and a more relaxed for doing it. So it's it's win-win for everybody. And it's yeah. And hasn't it had a, a kind of a ripple effect into the family as well? I mean, your husband does more now, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and running and well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, the children, I think it's been good for them and is good for them to see their parents exercising and to see me mm. having complete the marathon. They talk about running now and they watch the, you know, the the Great South Run the other day and mm. oh, mum, do this next year. So. I think it's role modelling for them, um, and then, um, oh my gosh, I, I could do that, and Mummy didn't think that she could do that, but she did, and that means that I can go and try and achieve things I didn't think I could do. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. So what's next for you then? The big question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been asking. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's quite strange. I I was. I thought I'd want to sign up to something straight away afterwards. Um, I'm pondering at the moment. I know I need to have a challenge, I think, for next year because that works really well. And I highly recommend that to anyone, actually, to have something to work for, whether it be your first 10K, hmm. your first half marathon or, a, you know, an endurance challenge, I think, to have something in the diary. And that's quite hard to commit to. Um, again, because I think as a you know as, as a mum again you tend to think oh, what, what are the family going to do you know next year and what are we so so to actually commit to you doing something might might be difficult um when when you're you tend to put everybody else's commitments first um so I don't know is is, is the answer so, something that I, it's definitely worth putting something in for next year it's mm. just I'm not sure about another marathon at the moment no but I've got a few Possibly. ideas. We can take it offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I love is is when you're on an airplane, you're advised to put your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. And I think in terms of motherhood, and I don't have children, so I'll tread carefully here, but in terms of motherhood, I think we could adopt some of that um, in, in terms of the way that, um, that women prioritise themselves with regards to their children, their husbands or, or wives or you know, yeah. anyone else that relies upon them. You know, if you look after your own oxygen mask first, you're going to be in much, much better shape to help everyone around you. So I think yeah. just adopting some of that that idea, that analogy, I think, you know, yeah. would really help. But Dom, this has been really, really interesting. And I want to just thank you for being open and, and sharing everything that's helped you and, and where you're at now as well. If somebody's listening in and they are thinking about entering an event or they're worrying about their mental health or they, they're they wondering whether exercise can help them, what would you say to... to energize and motivate them just go for it um i really can't recommend it enough um it's it's like a magic wand is all i can say um just go for it just make that step sign up to that event make that time for you because you will really really reap the benefits brilliant i mean we've clearly seen that with you dom thank you so much um all the best for thank your your next endeavors and um thank yeah, we look forward to hearing from you soon. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, help us to reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that and it would help us to spread the good word even further. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next show.